frequency of heaven I want to be. Hello and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. This is Pastor Caleb Plum and I am in the We Worship Room of Stony Point Christian Church with two very, very special guests. I call you two the Hammond sisters. Is that okay? <laughs> well, like when I say oh, that. Everybody calls them. Oh, okay, okay, the Hammond sisters. It's not a band. You know, when, when you say Hammond sisters, it almost sounds like a singing group, you know? <laughs> but these two ladies have been a part of Stony Point for many years, and I get to see them every Sunday in their smiles. And I think one Sunday we were just kind of talking, and I think maybe when you told me about your mom's journal, uh, Carol, is when I thought, hey, I should get them on the podcast. I can't remember, there's something one of you said that like, man, I gotta get these guys on the podcast and get some of their God stories. So how are you guys doing? Fine. Doing okay? It's a Monday morning, we're here at the church. Um, Well, tell me a little bit about your history with the church. I know you've taught Sunday school and I know that, um, I think you're saying way back when and maybe late 60s, you moved from one church and came here. Tell me, what's your history with Stony Point? Well, we came from a small town in Hartford, Kansas, and I'd always went to the same little church, and uh, we both had. And then when I came to Kansas City, at first I was up here by myself, and you didn't, you thought, oh, this is great. I don't have to go to church on Sunday now that I'm away from home. Oh. And But you know, that only lasts <laughs> for so long, and you don't feel good about it. Yeah. And so then uh, when Sharon moved up here, we started looking for a place to go to church on the weekends was in town. And the lady that I worked with, one of the ladies that was a good friend and ate lunch with, uh, her uh, nephew family came to church out here. And so in conversations over the years, she would talk about Stony Point and her nephew, Bud Golden. Oh, wow. And so uh, we would, I would listen and, and she knew we both had went to Christian churches and and then uh, later on in about the 69s, we started, came out here one Sunday, and I can still remember the first Sunday we came, <laughs> we parked across the street where that light is, the stoplight yeah. is, but, and they had a school building there then, and walked over here, and came in and went to church, just church. And as we was walking out, we said, when we're ready to switch from our home church, this is the church we're going to switch wow. to. Wow. And so we still attended for um, probably six months. or In April of um, 1970, uh, they had a revival, and uh, George Wood was uh, preaching every night. And we decided it was time for us to move our yeah. membership here. It was The church was same like our one we'd went to, yeah. uh, small, friendly, and... Uh, so we did that, and um, now who was the preacher here at that time? Reverend Cole. Cole. Oh, okay. I wondered because I knew he was here and, a long time. And uh, one of the things that uh, after we was coming here for a while, we asked Reverend Cole one night. I joined the choir, and and there was a couple of things that I had to give up when I moved to Kansas City and left a home church. Was uh, I sang in the choir down home? I had just started teaching a a little young Sunday school class that for about six months since I'd been out of high school. I hated to leave those. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not a person to volunteer. No, we don't volunteer. <laughs> and uh, some people say that's pride, but I figure if people think I can do it 
and they want me, then I will. But yes. I'm, I'm not going to say I can do something and they're thinking, oh, man, what are you going to do with them? Uh, so <laughs> we um, can't. God opened the doors. And uh, one time, uh, Sharon would attend Bible study on Wednesday nights, and uh, Reverend Cole taught it, and I would go to choir practice, and Goldie, uh, his wife, was leading it. And afterwards, or sometime in that area, we asked Reverend Cole, how can we witness at work yeah. as a Christian? Yeah, amen. And one of the suggestions he gave us was to put a Bible on our desk. Yes. And so... We went to... Is, uh, that, is that one that that's you... That's one Bible. Bible. So did he give you this little guy? No, we went, we went to the, the a Christian bookstore there at 30, about 32nd and uh, State Avenue. And we looked for a Bible. And if you notice, we got the smallest yeah. Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't want to be too pushy, so we, you got this small we, little black Bible. We, <laughs> I we love it. Witness, but I don't want to get too bold about it. <laughs> Well, I put it on there, but I was trying to be as small as I could do it because it was hard to put it out in front of me. Well, you know, when you work with a lot of people and you know they don't have anything to do with God, and this thing, it's a whole Bible. It's not just song. It's the whole thing. I couldn't hardly read it now because it's so small. But, That's uh, great. So we each bought us one. And we put it on our desk. And... Uh, Every now and then, over the years, you'd get a comment. And I remember one of the comments not too long before uh, we left there. Uh, I got a phone call one day from the controller of the company, and because uh, we worked in the county area. And he, he, won, he says, you have a Bible on your desk, don't you? And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, trouble. exactly. I says, yes, I do. And he had, was having a grandchild or something. They wanted to inscribe something on a crib. And he was wanting me to look up some scripture. Yeah. And, but, I, but I thought I was probably going to get fired because he's probably tricking me out. But, <laughs> you know, it does witness. Yes, it does. And there would be different times that people would come in. and uh, But it was hard. Yeah. I mean, because as you can see, we got the smallest little Bible there was because we had little faith. This reminds me, I heard a preacher say a long time ago, he said, every day I try to do something to let people know whose side I'm on. Not the devil's, God's. And that's what you were doing for years. I mean, that's what you did. They, they saw that. They knew whose team you played but for. It, it just, that's it awesome. Laid, we put it out the front of my desk. And, uh, you know, but I thought for sure when that controller called, I thought, oh, no, he's trying to trick me up and I'm going to get fired over this. But, uh, and it, it led to, we had some Bible studies at noon sometimes for a little while because the lady I worked with was yeah. a, uh, a good, so... Um, but there was a lot of times I wasn't a good witness. Yeah, me too. You know, too. as a Christian, I should have been. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, the beginning. So how did you get involved? I know at some point you started, like, teaching the kids. What what year did you finally get involved volunteering, and how'd that happen? Mm, well, we... You want to tell no. this? Or, <laughs> we, we went, we was attending a Sunday school class, because we was always brought up, you went to Sunday school and, and uh, church. And uh, singles don't fit in in a new church as well as a family. A family can come in and be very welcome. It's hard for a single. Yeah. And uh, then we, uh, so we, sometimes they had a class, sometimes they didn't. Uh, and one time we went to Reverend Cole and we says, you know, that they needed something for the young people. 
And his first thing was, he says, well, we need some teachers in uh, some classes. I says, I don't want to be st stuck as a teacher just because you don't know what to do with us. And I says, we need a class. And after that time, uh, if Sharon wants to tell about her time in the hospital in 70. Well, the superintendent of the teaching, she'd ask us, one that before I had was sick, yeah. she asked us, she says, would you want to teach a Sunday school class? No, I don't want to teach a Sunday school. I don't want to be just stuck somewhere that you don't know what to do with. So God took me. You shouldn't say no to God. And <laughs> That's so right. God took me on a little, little trip here in uh, 1974 in July. We had went, we had some family up here and stuff, and uh, we, I started having a sore leg. And we went right before that to see Elvis Presley. That oh, was wow. It, the only time I ever seen him at a concert. But uh, then I started having this sore leg, and it turned out to be like a sciatic nerve oh, going okay. down because okay. I had a place in my back that was ruptured. Well, the folks came up here and brought Grandpa and Grandma to visit us right when this was kind of going on, and I couldn't stand to sit. So after so long, I'd go lay down on the yeah. bed. And they ended up and they said, well, do you want us to, do you want to go down home with us? Because, and so we made the trip, which is an all and something to go. And they got down there and they realized, oh, this person was a lot worse off than we thought. Uh. And so I ended up, it took, I was off work for 13. You went 13, down after July 4th weekend. I, yeah, I was off work for 13 wow. weeks. But they tried to, the doctor, of course, this is when the country doctors would come out. And they said, well, we'll give you some, you can take some Anisons. And you can take it a little more because you're having this pain. And you can take, you know, I wish he'd give us a time period. Yeah. Go. But what he didn't realize was I was taking these Anisons as soon as it came, got time to take it, around the clock. And I ended up being overdrugged. Oh. And I spent about as, I don't remember how much time, but they say there's only so many hours that it should, you should get over this. Well, I was right up to the limit before I started coming out of it. Yeah. But I had things that I can still remember. Yeah. And I just, I thought, in my head, I thought, I'm just going to blow my mind. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I may never be able to think good again because I knew I was going, going to uh, go too far. And, oh, uh, when it would get real bad and my bed was standing on the end as far in my mind it was and I was still laying in it, which I would say we had this game, the tick Bible tic-tac-toe. Okay. And I would say, Mom, read me one of the questions. <laughs> and when she'd read the question, it kind of clear out. And really? it, I could think good again. That's cool. But when it was really bothering me, give me another question. And so we end, I ended up in the hospital for about three and a half weeks or so in traction. And this was when, wow. oh, uh, in Emporia, they had had a tornado. Okay. And so they had a lot of people that had to do bone stuff, you know, whatever you call those kind of doctors. Orthopedic doctors. Yeah. And so the 
doctor that was real good, he was too busy. And I would see this doctor, and then they'd give me this doctor. <laughs> and finally they said, well, we can't find it, but she's got to have a rupture here or something. And so uh, he came in, and he was so young, I thought, you're just out of high school, out of college. <laughs> oh, he was young. And he, uh, he looked, and he says, yeah, you have. You've got a rupture spot. <sighs> and so he... He won. He won, He told the folks, "I won't take a case, but I'll look at them." But he ended up, and he told them what to do. He got me. He told the folks, "Bring your crutches up," because mom would use crutches to walk sometimes. And uh, he says, "You got to make them a little shorter for her." So here's what you drill a hole and do this. And so, I, but while I was laying there, I'd look out the window and I think, God. I may never be able to do anything. Yeah, again. wow. And so That's I scary. thought I wished I would have done more while I could. Yeah. If I could walk again and stuff, yes. I would do more so I wouldn't be laying here thinking yep. I could have done more and I didn't do it. I've heard this kind of thing many times where someone, even a brother in law of mine, broke his leg or something and laying there in that hospital bed and you have to be still and quiet. God might show up and start get you thinking. <laughs> and, and so then when I finally, after 13 weeks, and I came back, and uh, then they, this woman asked us again. It was Donna Beck. She asked us, she says, you want, you want to teach a class? Well, I couldn't say no this time. <laughs> yeah, God had your attention. <laughs> I didn't want to go do that stuff again. So... So we said, okay, we'll teach a class. Well, she had a choice between the three-year-olds or the seventh grade. And Kel says, I want three-year-olds because she had had to give that up. And see, God oh, was giving it back. Oh, that's cool. That's the same age you were teaching at your other church. Yes. That's awesome. And so then they added two-year-olds, but that's how we got teaching was because God had put me flat on the back wondering mm -hmm. if I was ever going to walk again and yep. how before this happened but I think another neat thing that happened during that time is Sharon was reading through the Bible oh. and uh, was it Dr. Hunter? Yeah Dr. Hunter. That when he would come in and visit her he would they would talk about quiz about what she had read that day or something. Yeah. He asked me where are you at in the Bible and so then he he was a he's taught uh, I think a Sunday school class at his church but he uh, he would kind of quiz me on because they couldn't really do too much. I was in traction, you know, they yeah. really couldn't. But uh, he would quiz me, what are you, you know, what are you reading? And it was funny because one of the girls that she was came in because she had been in the, uh, she'd been hood, I think, in this tornado that oh. had come through because he had a lot of that. And she, uh, she said one night when she says, you're a Christian, aren't you? Mm. Because she'd seen me reading the Bible. Yeah. That's just Amen. how you. Amen. And during this time, I was, of course, still coming back to Kansas City and working. And uh, I had got a phone call, and it was one of those times when she was having problems with the drugs, and, and she'd rub her purse and think it was a dogan. I mean, it was <laughs> spotted. And then, you brown, know, white, and it, black. It, it, was, <laughs> it, it was really scary. And, and so I remember after that, uh, 
because this is a time that we had also was seeing mom grow so this is the early 70s so we was wanting to so we purchased a bunch of christian books and stuff and i remember i called the billy graham association phone number and asked for prayers yeah. that god it healed sharon wow and she never had to have surgery Amen. But it took till October before she could go back to work. Wow. I think Z Jester was having a back problem then too. And she had surgery and she got well faster than me, but <laughs> I never had to have surgery. So oh, I yeah. Would, but Yeah. And so you guys, you taught Sunday school here. Now tell me who who who's on your list of some of the people that came through your classes? We taught, some that I might know. <clears throat> okay, we had over we taught started in January of uh, 1975 and see she was sick in 74 so we we didn't waste any time saying yes and in our first class was Roger Underwood Michael Golden and Melanie Edwards likes to say or she was Melanie Way she likes to say she's in our first class but she was really in our second one she came in the first year but she came in September when we got Uh. the new kids um, so she was in the first year that we taught. Um, those are the ones that you probably and these they, would just know. this one, Roger and Mike were right. three years old. Yes. Three years old. Wow. Yeah. And a little later, <laughs> they oh, uh, they moved it to two and threes because they. Well, we had this. We had a, a little girl in there one time, and and uh, we realized later after she had been in there a Sunday or two that she was really only two years old. <laughs> well, the problem was... Gotta check their birth certificate. Kale <laughs> was putting the stickles on, and, you know, you call the kid over because they had to be low level We had for the them charts on the wall, and they'd put their stickers on for coming. And, oh, school. yeah. And she, she was pulling them down. Oh, that little kid and was? Kale, <laughs> yeah. And Kale thought, what in the world? And we got to look at it, she was only two, and they decided they was going to move up some two-year-olds because they had a big enough nursery. I think they needed to get rid of some of them. <laughs> and so they put them in our class, and that's when we started. But, and you know, though, the neatest thing about that, Mom commented to me later after we had taught this class for several years, and uh, she says, Carol, you seem happier than you used to be. Because, see, the 20s was a real hard year when you... When you want to be married and have a family, mm. and all of your classmates are getting married mm. and having families, I can remember when I would go down home and go to visit one that I would roomed with for a year out of high school, and I would, when I was driving back to the folks, I would be crying because yeah. she had what I wanted. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't have someone, you yeah. can't change it. Yeah. And um, so it was a hard time. And, uh, but you know what? God blessed us with that Sunday school class. Yes. Because we had two and three year olds to sit on our lap (laughs) for 40 some years. (laughs) That is awesome. And to this day, they're still our kids. Yes. Once we, if they ever stepped in the classroom, you became our kid. (laughs) And some of them say, well, I didn't come very much. Well, I thought, that's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) You're still one of my kids. But you're still my kid, you know, and And I reserve the right to correct them if I think (laughs) they need to be bad. And we do. (laughs) (laughs) And some of them we prayed for hard sometimes. You you didn't say what you told mom why we But And I I says, well, God has given me. You know, I says, we're teaching the the Sunday school class. God's given me my kids. Yes. And it didn't make a difference. And uh, we have every attendance book for every year that we taught. Wow. 
And uh, we had... Our, this is our, all attendance we kept at home. You know, it wasn't the one the church had. It was the one we kept for our classroom. And we always had parents fill out a little index card with their name, their birthday, their parents' name and stuff. So we'd have that information. I still have a little filing case with those. Wow. And um, God, Sharon wrote a poem called Our Kids many years later that's just perfect at how um, I, she just hit it on it. And she just wrote it on the back of the car riding down home when we was taking mom home one year. And, uh, but that's how God... You still have it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh you should have brought it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that next time. I want to hear it. It's called, uh, but it's just, it's just perfect. And uh, so, but God met that need that we had and yep. blessed us. Yep. And, you know, other people, maybe they have four or five children, like you have your children. Uh, but we've been blessed with a lot of them. Yes. And to this day... We have, and when we retired uh, in our 40 years, uh, someone, one of the class mothers and the, uh, for a kid that we had had in youth, because we'd also was teaching youth at that time, uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, oh. uh, that they give us some money. And we uh, went through Shutterfly and made us, I thought about bringing that book to show you, but it's our 40 years, and it's got the pictures of the kids. Oh, wow. And sometimes you had, we had up to almost 25 kids at one time. Really? Uh, at one time. Did you have now. another helper or just oh, you two? Oh, no, yes. We had five of us. <laughs> we was the main teachers. And then Diana Morton was one of the, she told this pre- uh, Well, her sister Mary helped for a little while. Yeah, but Diana was one that she would tell this, like it was like a little bell or something story. Uh-huh, it and was a final graph story. Uh -huh. Oh, final graph. And then we had uh, Bradwell's yeah. oldest girl, Sherry Rose. And you know, one she, of the neat things about that is that late, many years later, Sherry shared with us that she was teaching a Sunday school oh. class. So see, yep. her, her experience there blossomed yeah. out to many other yes. years. And we had, we had, uh, the, it was five of us cell that really worked together good. And then we had Melanie later on when we was down in Hill, Melanie Way, which is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I Jan, know. Jan's oldest girl. Yeah. That thought she was in the first class, but we always say, no, you're in the second. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the things that we wanted to do after that was, uh, one year they, the church had uh, given a. Uh, cover to the our pastor here at that time that everyone had embroidered a block on oh, okay. the family name. And when they was doing that, we said, you know, this would be neat to put our kids' names on it. Well, years passed and you never get it done. And then it was time Sharon was starting to have some problems with her vision and we was getting older and we thought, we've got to do this. So back in 2000... What started it was when Roger Underwood and... Melanie Way, they would get married in, in 1993, and they was just a week or so apart. And oh, uh, when they was getting married, I thought, you know, this would be neat to go back and make, because we like our pictures, go back and get pictures of them when they was in our yeah. class and grow them up yes. to where they're getting married. 
And, but those books, so we started doing that. That's and cool. Kel said one time, we had a couple, <laughs> got to tell this. Kel uh, said, well, she, they, we had some people coming over to look at them. Kel says, I had some books there. And Kel says, well, where's my books? Where's my books? And she realized <laughs> she never made the book yet. She hadn't started. She just gathered the material. <laughs> But, so That's we funny. started with Roger and, and Melanie, mm -hmm. the first ones, when they, the year they got married. And we started these scrapbooks. They was Hallmark books. And uh, we would... Um, you can add pages and you can, take and them. So, and so the books stand this thick now. Some of them got two or three, like Roger and them. Uh, because also his wife we'd had in youth. We'd had Roger in youth. Uh, we've had all his uh, kids, his uh, kids, and so you just continually add to them as life goes on. Yeah. And uh, well, I, we told one kid once. They says, "I says you live your life, I document it." <laughs> <laughs> so our our thing is that, and Mom agreed that this was a ministry in itself, and we hope it will be someday. Yes. Our house is full because we have what is it, about is fifty some books now made. I've got 50-some made. Well, I may only have 40 because I'm always <laughs> behind. But so, because we each make a book for each kid. Because we want to do it all way, and we don't do it the same way. And so uh, you consider if you have uh, 40 or 50 of those books twice in your house, you'd, and you got a small house, you don't have much room. <laughs> but it's a blessing to do. And Mom agreed also. Sharon puts memories in hers that she had of the kids. Uh, and I usually try to put some thought, some Christian thought yes. at the end. And our ho hope and prayer is that someday when these kids get these books, they may be worn, they may be tattered, but it will touch their lives and Amen. remind them Amen. of something that they may have learned. And what started out as uh, just making these books kind of changed as you got older. It, kind of went from, it got to where you would put more, I've, I always, if I had them in the two and three always class, we always put this poem, our kids, in there. And then we'll write our name and we'll give our favorite verse. favorite verse. And then we got to the place where I had this one story I was going to tell that um, something I'd never forget. I always called it that. And uh, I've got to the place, I'm putting that in the book now. Yeah. And so it's getting a little more Christian. I want to let them realize they need this. Yes. And they, they need to grow and stuff. So it's changed a little in time. That's awesome. That's so awesome, never, guys. We never, we never planned to do it. Um, and we worked with uh, the youth for 20-some years. 24. And, uh, but it's just uh, somehow also we had no training for it. I don't know, but I, um, <laughs> the Lord just led you. The Holy Spirit yeah. anointed you and gifted you, and He equipped you as you went. <laughs> right. But we decided when we we told that uh, we had had over four hundred kids walk through those wow deal, and you know sometimes you just had a few kids, and sometimes you had a whole bunch. This one when I said we had had around twenty four kids sometimes. This one woman that was here just lived right across the uh, cemetery thing over here. She always said, if you get 25 kids there some Sunday, 
I'll bring you cookies. I <laughs> challenged you. We never could make 25. <laughs> we just got her 24. <laughs> Now you guys, so we're here in the We Worship Room. We got Noah's Ark over there on the wall on the chalkboard. Now you guys remember when this divider was here? You were telling me a story about they had while you were down here in this room teaching. They took that divider down, and there was still another. It had class. a big hole in it, so oh. you know a gap. Well, a kid could actually get hooked. Well, we mentioned to Roger. We said because I don't know. The, we had a board meeting, and they was disputing over something. And I said, oh, "Why are you concerned about that when you've got a?" <laughs> Uh, a divider here that's got a big hole in it, and if kid gets his head caught in there and somebody pushed it, it could be very dangerous. Yeah. Well, he didn't realize that, so they took it down. <laughs> and so uh, Rita Chef was teaching the four-year-olds in that room there where on the other side of the divider. So we had a few weeks that we had nothing there. And... Uh, mm -hmm. We had three loud people with Melanie. We were all loud. <laughs> and poor Rita was over there by herself. <laughs> and, but, you know, and we told these little kids, you know, now don't go over here. This is... Yeah. And they did. They minded. They stayed That's right awesome. where they were. And you think, how would they stop? But they realized... We didn't have There's to There's an invisible fence, right? <laughs> well, I want to get into some of your God stories. So one of the things that happened recently, tell, tell me, um, Carol, recently you found something, and this kind of sparks some memories and I think might lead us into some of these, these God stories we want to get into. Well, you had, you had asked us about uh, doing the podcast, and we knew we had stories to tell, but we don't volunteer. <laughs> And so uh, while we were thinking about this, because we put you off for a while because I was having problems with my gallbladder and didn't feel good. And, and so uh, we, we needed to clean some stuff out. And uh, so I told Sharon had some space on the, uh, in a trash bag that she could put some stuff in from yard work. And I says, well, I had these little cases that has is labeled Christian material. Some of it was mom's, some of it was mine. And I says, this here are mom's. I says, I went through it once and uh, I'll probably never get around to looking at it. So I says, I'm just gonna close my eyes and I'm just gonna pitch it. And uh, so uh, she says, okay. So I got one of the little file boxes out and I was getting ready to give it to her. And, but I reached my hand down in the front and out pulled this little yellow pages here. This guy right here that you brought uh -huh, with you? Scotch taped together. For, I think it's wow. 46 pages that mom had jotted down. Wow. And she says, and it said, my story. <sighs> and we had, Sharon and I had always remembered the story she had when her life changed from just being a Christian to really turning her whole life over. And yeah. It, it just makes a difference in your life. Yeah. And her time that she... Uh, God appeared to her when she had a, a real bad need and uh, had been through a lot of pain. And the stories of how when we would go down home during this time on Friday nights, uh, Sharon and I would sit in the front room. Dad always went to bed early. And we would sit in the front room and we would just talk. We would share our things and Mom would tell some of these stories of how when she'd be out farming. I and, get to tell that one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just... You know, everything she would, uh, and we could see a difference in her. And so it was... Now, when uh, you said the Lord appeared to her, tell me about that. Like, what happened? Well, mom had had uh, surgery uh, because her some of her 
lower body parts that dropped down when she lost a whole bunch of weight and she had been out using one of these sling weed cutters oh, and wow. so she had lost a whole bunch of weight that summer uh, just on her own and she was out doing that she liked to work outside and help dad and this girl was not a person to help dad so um he had to rely <laughs> on her and uh so uh we uh she this dropped down and so she had had surgery to have this corrected and in the meantime of the surgery she uh they either got a stitch too close to a nerve or something and so she could not stand a set because she was in so much burning pain this went on by her notes three and a half years wow and so and how she said that and and going to church and different things she would get on her nerves and some of her family would tell her well, why don't you just quit going to church? Wow. And she says, I can't quit on God. Wow. And so she says, I'm having to give up some other things. I'm not going to quit on God. And so anyhow, huh. she, she tells over the years how she went through this. Sharon and I was in Kansas City then, so we weren't down there. Uh, and when uh, she uh, uh, was going through this, uh, what was I thinking? <laughs> no, so you tell, she'd been like suffering for like three yeah, and a half years. Yeah, and so years one or night she was reading. A lady from church had told her read this. Uh, uh, she read, I think, the Wider Place by Eugenia Price was one of the books she read. She listed them. Uh, the Taste of New Wine, I think, it was by Keith Miller. Uh, she checked it out of the church library there at home, and uh, she uh, couldn't sit, so she would lay on the floor and read and know you for and she made the comment in this notes that she said dad thought sometimes she was weird um but <laughs> and one night so after she'd been doing that she went into the in the bedroom and as she turned the light out um she, god had this he lighted up this room wow and she held a peace she had never felt before didn't she see jesus's face i as think so as and anyhow, and she says, I felt a peace yes. that she had never felt. And she always said, she says, oh, it was wonderful peace, so peaceful. Yes. And she would say that even till before she died, she right. would still say about this peace. And was so, so and then after that, she would, she would tell these stories about, you want to Okay, uh, this is the one I really remember. I've heard a lot of them, but this is the one that always stuck with me. Is that mom was farming because she helped dad farm and they had it this is where the John Redmond dam is and stuff and okay. so they had moved houses out of areas and so there was no houses back there it was just farm ground and so mom and there was a lot of trees around so there was no breeze and mom says she got hot she had there was 11 acres she had to do but she she got hot and she thought she said god you've got to do something i can't do anymore i won't be able to finish this field if you don't do something because i'm too hot and so she was going on and farming. this 11 acres was not close to where they lived so she wasn't close no. to a house yeah and uh, so she uh, she said all of a sudden she realized it was cool and she looked up in the sky and there was this cloud between her and the sky. hallelujah and she says that cloud stayed there 
until I finished the field. Wow. And I don't remember, but I'm Praise pretty God. sure I've got it right. There hadn't been a cloud in the sky <laughs> all, the, all the time Thank before you, that. Thank you, Lord. I always, that story was always just precious to me. I like yes. that story. That was my favorite one. But she had got things caught, vines caught in equipment and stuff and trouble. She got to the place, she called this 11 acres, God's 11 acres. Wow. Because so many times God had done things over there. Wow. And because most of it was pastoral ground. What and she's had. out there all alone. She's just wow. heard God working. <laughs> and yeah. He's no, all that she's got. Because they moved so many houses out. Because There's no the houses dam. back there because uh, the water gets up too high. So there was no one close around, you know. You know, we're going through the book of Numbers in Sunday school where they're going to cross the wilderness. But that's what the wilderness was. Like the people of Israel... It's you, there's nothing around here. It's just you and God. Now, they didn't get it right at first, but their kids did. You know what I mean? That first generation. Uh -huh. But that's the wilderness kind of thing where it, you can make it God's 11 acres or you can make it the place of grumbling and complaining like generation well, one. <laughs> if I heard right, isn't it about... I've heard it said that they could have made that trip in 11 days. Yeah, it, it took yeah. them 40 years. Yep, it's, that's just about right. In about two, three weeks, they could have done that. And uh, had a little detour. <laughs> but you know, uh, many years later, when we had to sell that ground, and we it was the last piece of the folks' ground that we was going to have, and we had to sell it. Uh, the guy that bought it uh, was uh, grew up down there with us, and he knew him, and he knew how hard it was for us to part with it. Yeah. And. Uh, when we went to sign the closing, which happened to be on Mom's birthday, uh, he uh, said, well, it had rained that morning, but he says, I was going to go out, and he went to the t store there in Hartford and bought a little glass container, and he says, I couldn't get the dirt today because <sighs> of the rain, but he says, I will get some dirt from your folks' ground. And he got it, in, it from two different pieces. Yeah. One of them was this farm ground. One of them was this, and he says, I'm going to put it in a jar, and I'll leave it at the bank, and the next time you're down here, you can pick it so, up. That's how cool. many people keep a jar of dirt around? <laughs> well, if I'm ever over at your place and I see a jar of dirt, I'll know it's sacred, and I won't, I won't but you know, question that, it. It's just God works. I mean, yeah. he just how he puts all the pieces together. I mean, yeah. and he works through so many people. That's so cool, guys. That is so cool. So you found so so she had this encounter with God. She found peace. And uh, God got her through all these stories. And um, was there anything else that, that, that was a, this, this little yellow booklet she made that you guys wanted to talk about? That is so cool. Uh, Did you want to say I, I don't know if there's anything know. so much as there was also this oh. uh, notebook that I, I, I pulled out one more thing before I threw the rest of the stuff away. Well, that is all we have time for today. We're going to end the podcast here, but next week, Sharon is going to jump right in and tell you what else she found of her mother's and the cool God stories that that leads to. God bless you. May he make his face shine on you. Have an awesome week, beloved. On the frequency of heaven, I want to be on the frequency of Christ. I want